0: Hey there, Elise here, host of Let's Break the Odds podcast, the place to help you break the odds and walk confidently into your God-given purpose. Think of this show as your regular coffee chat, where we talk about life, career, and legacy. As an award-winning entrepreneur, author, and speaker, I'll be bringing on industry leaders, professionals, and individuals to join us as they share their stories of breaking the odds to help you and to help us reach the next level in our life, family, career, and community. Let's do this together. This is Let's Break the Odds Podcast. Hello and welcome to Let's Break the Odds Podcast. My name is Elise and I have the pleasure of serving as your host. Um, If you are new to the show, welcome. You guys, I'm so excited because um, today's episode is one of those episodes where, um, you know, Every now and then, I'll pop on here and share um, something that has just been game-changing for me, something that has been game-changing and in, in the odds-breaking in my life. And so you know we are all on the journey of breaking the odds together. And so whenever something has helped me break the odds, you know I come back and share it with you. And so today is one of those episodes. And so today we're going to be talking about having peace in the process. So if you are waiting for a breakthrough or in a season of pivoting or just in regards to just going through your day-to-day life, we're gonna be talking about how to have peace in the process. And so without further ado, let's dive in. So you guys, what has helped me really have peace in the process that I wanted to talk about today is holding on to God's words of life and His promises. You know, on the show, it's it's about walking in our God given purpose, and so um, holding on to God's words of life and His promises has truly been game changing for me. And so you know, oftentimes, you know, uh, you know, we listen to what society says, and and since you know, quote unquote, society is just made up of man made opinions. What society says is often a trend, and it comes and goes, and if we're not careful, um, if we don't fit the mold of what society says at that time, then if we're not careful, it can have a neg- have a negative effect on people, right? And so, um, for example, you know, I don't know if you guys saw this viral video, um, but uh, this, uh, someone posted it on social media and in the video, and I don't know how she did it technology wise, but she illustrated um, like she was able to conform her body to fit the different trends um, throughout history of body shapes and what society said was beautiful at that time and it was like at one point like curvy was considered the ideal body shape and then over time throughout history then super skinny became the ideal body shape and you know it doesn't even have to pertain to body shape but when it comes to just regarding life in general like society may say for example that if you don't accomplish this or that in your career or in life um, in general by a certain age then you won't be successful or that you're behind in life or that if you're past a certain age range then you're too old you know and so I don't know about you but going through the yo-yo of what society says one day and then switches up to something completely opposite the next it can be draining and it could just be, a, it's just too much, you know? And so, but I don't know about you, but I don't wanna go through that yo-yo. I wanna have a level of consistency and um, I don't want my value and worth to be rooted in others' opinions. And so for me, God has been um, that level of consistency for me. And so I've had to, in so many ways, declutter my thoughts um, that were rooted in what society says and shift them into being rooted into what God says. And so one thing that really magnified that for me that I wanted to share with you was the story of David and Goliath. Um, I was chatting with some people um, one morning and um, just having regular just life conversation, very positive, encouraging conversation. But um, during that conversation, um, someone referenced the story of David and Goliath. And so um, when uh, they were talking about it and talking about that story, it was like a light bulb went off within me. And so I'm about to share this light bulb moment that I had with you but um the story of David and Goliath it's it's a very popular story if you're not familiar with it and you know it's often shared you know to little kids and so I actually first heard of this story as a kid myself maybe you did too but as I got older I'm not gonna lie like you know I didn't really think about that story or really reference it much um until you know I had that conversation with that group of people and they brought it up, Um, but if you're not familiar with the story, it comes from the Bible, and the very, very, very condensed version that I'm going to give you is, um, there was this boy named David, and he was the youngest of his brothers, and his job at home was to take care of the sheep. And so there were times where David had to fight off bears and lions. And so David's um, land ended up uh, going to battle with another land and they had a fighter named Goliath. Um, the other land had a fighter named Goliath who was much taller than the average person. And so it got to the point where if David's land wanted to win the battle, someone had to come fight Goliath. And so the king of David's land, his name was Saul. Um, He put it out there and said how whoever defeats Goliath will not only get a great reward, but his family will also get special treatment. And so David was like, I'll do it. I'll fight Goliath. And so the king was like, you're too young and you don't have experience. And so David was like, you know, I've defeated lions and bears taking care of the sheep and God delivered me from that. So he'll deliver me from Goliath. And so the king finally agreed to let David fight Goliath. And so the king, um, he did have David fitted in the proper armor um, that the other soldiers were wearing. And so, by the way, um, you can actually read this um, in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And so now that I've kind of brought you up to speed with my summary, I'm going to actually pick up directly from the story um, in 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 38 um, where it talks about, it says, Then Saul the king dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. Uh, David fastened his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I I'm not used to them, so he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand approached the Philistine, talking about Goliath. And so, fast forward, um, David approached Goliath, and when Goliath sees him, um, Goliath says some insults. Um, but then, in verse 45, David starts off in this verse by saying to Goliath, "Quote: You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the." Lord Almighty. And so, hearing that um, story again, you know, that part really stuck out to me because, in so many ways, um, this story is like the dynamic between us and society. You know, using that analogy, the king is like society and David is like us. You know, when David said he'd fight Goliath, the king said in verse 33, essentially, how he was too young and didn't have the same experience as Goliath. And so, how many times in life do people or society as a whole, or even just negative thoughts, be like, You can't do that? Look at you. You're too too young or you're too old or you know what I mean? And, you know, another part that stuck out to me um, is that the king started putting all this armor onto David for him to wear. And David ultimately said in verse 39, I can't go in these. And so maybe society or individual people have put labels on you that's left you feeling heavy and feeling like I can't go through life like this. But what did David do? He took that heavy armor that Saul put on him and he took it off. And he began to stand in faith, believing that he would have the victory through God. But if you noticed earlier in the story, when the king said how David was too young and didn't have the experience to fight Goliath, that David told the king in verse 37, um, quote, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine, talking about Goliath. And so, So um, in both instances, when the king spoke negative words over David saying that he was too young and inexperienced, and when Goliath himself started speaking negatively towards David, both times he stood up against that in faith in the Lord and trusting that if God did it before in his life and helping him defeat the lions and the bears, that he will do it again, helping him defeat Goliath. So the question is, how do we go through life with that kind of trust and confidence in the Lord? And so for me, it's been declaring God's words of life and encouragement over my life. You know, one thing that I found so interesting is that in the Bible, it features so many stories of everyday people like you and I who weren't perfect, but they held onto God's promises, um, his words of life, and they saw the victory. Um, They broke the odds in their life through the Lord. And so for me, I started declaring God's words of life and encouragement over my life. And so here are five examples um, that you can use if you want. So the first example I'll give is, let's just say it's regarding self-image. So society or people may say, you know, if you're not this size or you're not that body shape, then you're not beautiful. Well, in Psalms 139, David writes a poem to God. And in verse 14, David says to God, um, quote, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And so I actually looked up the word fearfully and the phrase wonderfully made, um, based on the context and the origin of those words when used in the Bible and, um, fearfully in this context means respect, honor, reverence, awe, you know, wonderfully made in its context means distinguished, set apart from others. And so even though society or people may say, oh, if you're not this size or that body shape, then you're not beautiful. We can take that armor off, so to speak, and say, nope, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am one worthy of respect and honor. I'm distinguished. I'm set apart. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know about you, but that just makes you stand a little taller and stay with your head held higher, doesn't it? You know, the second example I'll give is when it comes to, let's say, your past mistakes, you know, society or people may say, you should be ashamed of yourself, you know, but in Romans chapter 10, verse 11, it says, quote, as scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. So even though society or people may say when it comes to your past mistakes, society may say, oh, you should be ashamed of yourself. We can take that armor off, so to speak, and say, nope, God is my safe space. He says in him, I will never be put to shame. So shame has no place in my life. My mistakes, my past does not define me. And so those are some of the examples of how to make that shift in your dialogue within yourself to speak and declare God's words of life. You know, some other examples I'll give to you really quickly. I have a total of five. So number three is um, in 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, cast all your anxiety onto him because he cares for you. Another translation says, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. Someone says like, oh, you're not important or they don't seem to value you. You can take that armor off and say, nope, God cares about me. Or if you're feeling overwhelmed, you can take that armor off and say, Jesus, help me. You say you care for me. You want me to cast this worry onto you. So I release this into your hands. You know, the fourth example I'll give, and to kind of preface it, um, there was a man named Paul who um, used to persecute people who believed in Jesus. But once he had experienced Jesus personally for himself, he ended up dedicating the rest of his life to living for the Lord. And so when speaking to fellow believers um, in Philippians chapter 4, he gave words of encouragement in verse 19. He said, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. So when it comes to finances or resources, for example, you could take that armor of worry off and say, nope, I give all my worries to God. He cares for me and will supply all my needs. You know, the last one I'll give the last example number five you know when it comes to breaking the odds um, Paul says again um, later in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13 he says I can do all things through him who gives me strength and so that alone is a statement that we can say you know and say you know what I can do all things through him who gives me strength but what I love is what Paul says earlier in a couple of verses back starting in verse 11 and he says it so beautifully and he says you know um, when he's talking to the to the group of people he says um, to the group of people I like how another translation words it says, I've learned by now to be quite content whatever my circumstances. I'm just as happy with little as with much, with much as with little. I've found the recipe for being happy, whether full or hungry, hands full or hands empty. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. And so for me, I feel like that summarizes it perfectly that that's how we're able to break the odds and truly have peace in the process. I don't know about you, but I've spoken words of life over myself, but I would say I am this or I am that. And although they were positive things that I was speaking over my life, I recognized that they basically only focused on me and my abilities. Uh, But once I began to make the shift of speaking and declaring God's words of life over my life that were rooted in him and his abilities and his power working in my life, that was a total game changer for me. And so maybe you're in a waiting season, uh, waiting for a breakthrough or pivoting in your life or in your career or simply going through your day-to-day life. You know, if, if we know that God has given us a dream in our heart and we are in that waiting season, in that season of pivoting. The process between God giving us that dream, that promise, and then the time that it actually becomes a reality can sometimes feel like and can actually be a long time. And so the question is then, how do we actually have peace in the process, in that waiting season before the breakthrough, in that season of pivoting into something new? Like, how do we have peace in that in-between phase? And so as human beings, I think it's safe to say that we all want to feel like we have a sense of control in our lives. And so then how do we actually trust God? Like, how do we get to the point where we can confidently hand him over the keys uh, to the driver's seat of our life, where we can trust him with our lives and have peace and truly live in the process, live in the waiting season, live in the season of pivoting, or simply live in peace in our day-to-day life? Well, you know, for me, it's been honestly, it's been letting go and trusting God with that promised dream that he put in my heart and declaring his words of life throughout the waiting season. You'd think that letting go would make you feel less at peace. But with God, I have so much peace because I trust him and um, and I know he has my best interest at heart. In Romans 8, 28, it says, and we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Another translation says, that's why we can be so sure that every detail of our lives of love for God is worked into something good. You know, this show is about breaking the odds and walking into our God-given purpose. And so if we're going to walk into our God-given purpose, I mean, shouldn't we be trusting God? Shouldn't we be rooted in him? You know when I was in college um, I was asked on a date and so he drove us to the location of the date Um, but to keep the location of the date a surprise um, he blindfolded me during the car ride and so looking back um, I'm just going to put this disclaimer out I do not recommend uh, um, doing that uh, on the first date Um, but I did know him for a while so I felt safe to be blindfolded but going back to the story even though I didn't know where we were going uh, or how long it was going to take to get there I I felt confident to relinquish that control of seeing the journey to get there and I had peace during the process of arriving to the location because I trusted that the driver, my date, had a plan for us to get there and that he had my best interests at heart and would get us there safely. And so that's how it is with God. We may not always know where he's taking us, or if we know where he's leading us, we may not know how long it will take to get there, uh, to reach the destination of seeing the dream, the promise he put into our heart a reality. And so sometimes we may feel like we're blindfolded at times because we don't have all the answers, but the beautiful thing about God that I've found and that I've personally experienced is that I can confidently relinquish my life into his hands and have peace during the process because I trust him and I know that he has a plan to to help me get there and that he has my best interest at heart. And so it's such a freedom and a peace that really comes with that. You know, there's another story quickly in the Bible in Jeremiah chapter 29 and God, says to um, those group of people, and a lot of people have found these words um, very encouraging um, to this day, but God tells them um, in verse 11 um, through the beginning of verse 14, quote, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the the Lord. I like how another translation words it saying, quote, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. God's decree. I'll turn things around for you. Woo, like talk about a mic drop. (laughs) So friend, I don't know what your waiting um, season is for or what you're pivoting into, but trust that God will work all things together for the good. You know, I've been single for seven years now, and it's something that I'm not ashamed of, but I've had to and continue to um, lean on God's words of life and encouragement throughout this waiting season. You know, I have friends and cousins, for example, who are married and have multiple kids by now. Um, But once I let go and surrender to God's plan, um, this journey, this singleness journey, has been such a beautiful journey and truly a gift that I thank God for. You know, God's plan and and purpose and timeline for everyone is different. and, And there's blessings to be enjoyed and life to be lived during the process, you know. Um, you know the way I look at it you know I'm 29 years old and someone said oh girl you're still young <laughs> but but the way I look at it you know God blessed me with the opportunity to have the majority of my 20s to myself and I'm so grateful to have had that undivided time to focus on myself and grow in my relationship with him with God and so um, you know I just look at the glass half full instead of half empty um, but like I said earlier you know in Romans 828 it says and we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him and I've been called according to his purpose. And as another translation says, that's why we could be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. And so I know this season of singleness and the length of time that it's been will not be in vain and is not in vain. And so I do want to come on here and say, and just and make note that you know, and I can't think of the verse right now, but God does say that His uh, ways are not our ways, and His thoughts are not our thoughts. Which means that as we go through life, um, you know, sometimes uh, the process may not be go the way we would have planned it, but we can know and be rest assured that God has a bigger plan, a bigger purpose that's beyond our understanding, beyond our perspective, and that at the end of the day, it will lead to. Um, his promise fulfilled and the victory in our lives. Because sometimes we can, if we, sometimes we can look back and I'm sure you can look back. I know I can look back and I can look back on my life and be like, if I had that promise um, fulfilled in my life in the timeline or the way that I would have gone about it, um, I would not have been mature enough, I would not have been in the right mindset, I would not have been ready for it. And so sometimes we have to go through seasons of maturity, um, of growth, and those things to help us prepare us for that breakthrough, because we don't just want the breakthrough. Um, We want to be in a position where we can not only receive the breakthrough or the promise, but also maintain it and then advance it as well and build on that. So, um, but we can know and be rest assured that God has a bigger plan, a bigger purpose that's beyond our understanding, beyond our perspective. And that at the end of the day, it will lead to um, his promise fulfilled and the victory in our lives. So in closing, you know, in Romans 5, 4, it talks about how perseverance produces character and character produces hope. In Galatians 6, 9, it says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So friends, stay encouraged because as you are in this process of waiting or pivoting, you are being prepared for the breakthrough. As the verse says, at the proper time, it will happen, which means the breakthrough already has a timestamp on it, but it says if you don't give up. So friend, what do you say? Let's have peace in the process together. If you don't mind, I feel led to end in prayer and um, you can follow along with me and then pray this prayer um, for yourself if you want. Father God, we come before you today with humbled hearts, open hearts. You say, Jesus, that you came so that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Lord, we want that. Regardless of our level of quote unquote success or influence, we want the abundant life that you have purposed for each of us. And so we are coming to you with arms wide open. We let go of trying to live life our way and trust you. We give you the keys to the driver's seat of our lives and trust you because we know that we have a guaranteed victory with you because you say, you work all things together for those who love you and are called according to your purpose Jesus we declare you as Lord in our lives we ask you to forgive us of any wrongdoing in our lives as we step into the freedom you have for us freedom from shame freedom from guilt in Romans, in Romans fifteen thirteen, it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so God, we believe in our hearts and we ask that your living power operate in our lives so that we can truly live life to the fullest, a life full of joy, a life full of peace, a life full of promise that you have for us in Jesus name. Amen. So friend, be blessed. Know that you are loved. This community is called Let's Break the Odds, and the word let's is short for let us, which means you are not alone. God is there for you, and we are here with you in the Let's Break the Odds community. And on that note, uh, tune in to our next episode, where we will kick off our first interview of the season, where this guest and other guests, too, um, throughout the season share their story of the odds being broken in their life and living in victory. So make sure you're subscribed and I'll see you in the next episode. Hey, guess what? You, my friend, made it through today's episode. Cue the confetti. But the conversation doesn't have to end here. If this episode served you today, go ahead and download it so you can have it. And click the subscribe button so you can get notified when another episode is released. Do us a favor and leave a review. We'd love to hear how much you enjoyed this episode. To stay connected, we'd love to have you as a part of the Let's Break the Odds community on social media. There, we'll have an opportunity to personally connect with you and cheer you on as you take action towards breaking the odds in your life. You can catch the show notes from this episode and any discount codes and bonus materials on the blog at letsbreaktheodds.com. See you next time.